listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Tonight, I want to talk about mind games. Come on, say it with me, mind games. Joyce Myers labels it so well when she talks about the mind. She calls it a battlefield. The battlefield of the mind. I want to talk tonight about mind games. Listen to this. Look what Henry Thoreau said. He said it this way. Thought is the sculptor who can create the person you want to be. Thought is the sculptor who can create the person that you want to be. In other words, our thoughts are very important. And let's just be honest tonight. One of our greatest stumbling blocks is our mind. And one thing I realize is this. I've used an illustration for this. Let me show it to you again tonight to help you with this. And and here's what you've got to see. When we talk about a stumbling block... A stumbling block is something that is in our way to make us trip or to fall. Everyone with me on that? So it's something that wants to take us down, a stumbling block. But you know what else I know about a stumbling block is this. A stumbling block can also be a stepping stone. It just depends how I reference it or what I do to it. Because I can choose to trip over it and fall, or I can choose to rise above it and see my life increase, and see my life get better. Do you see that? So in our minds, we're always thinking, my thoughts are a stumbling block. My thoughts are a stumbling block. I want us to see tonight that our thoughts can be a stepping stone to take us into the best that God has. But for many of us, there's still a stumbling block, and it's affecting our spiritual growth. And the reason why is because we have stinking thinking. Come on, turn to your neighbor. Say, you got stinking thinking? Come on. When we allow negative, untrue, impure thoughts to shape us and define us, that's the stumbling block instead of the stepping stone of allowing God's word to what? Revolutionize, to transform, to renew our thoughts. Can I break it down further for you today? As I read some of your profiles and I read some of your social media. Are you ready? Here's some of your social media. Are you ready? I'm no good. I'm always going to fail. I'll never amount to anything. My life doesn't matter. No one really cares about me. If I disappeared, no one would even notice more or less care. No matter how hard I try, I'll never make the difference. It seems like I just mess up and everything I do. Have we, have we read your profile yet? Are we there? We're coming for you right now. Are you ready? Maybe this is you. God could never love me after all I've done. Why would God care about me? I'm worthless. My life stinks and my life is only getting worse. I'll never get a break. There's no way I can change the way I am. 
Do you get the picture? The mind games that we have. By the way, that's not your social media. I just came up with that. I made that up. (laughs) But our minds play tricks, play games. That we have that stinking thinking that's tripping us up every step of the way. So instead of being the victor, we are the victim. And we are allowing the enemy to consume our thoughts. Look at the scripture from Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. A lot of you probably know this scripture. Paul writes these words, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you and I give our bodies, we present our bodies as a living sacrifice. We gift our bodies to Christ, giving Him something holy and acceptable, which is our reasonable service. One translation says that's the least that we can do. Presenting our lives, giving our lives to God. But notice what it says in verse 2. It says, don't be toxic. It says, don't be what? Conformed. Say that word with me. Conformed. That word means put in a box, molded in the shape of the world. Don't become desensitized. Don't become like the world around you, but be transformed. Come on, transformation comes. Your future comes by what? Renewing or having a renewed mind. That what? You may then prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. The will of God for your life is that you will have a powerfully dynamic, vibrant, positive, godly mindset in everything you do. Why? Because he said, give your life to me, but now what I want you to do is make sure that your mind, your thoughts are constantly refreshed and constantly renewed. Wow, there's so much there. I can give my life to Jesus. That's where my life starts. But you and I need to learn to think differently. To allow God to renew our minds. And when we talk about thinking differently, we need to also think differently about ourselves. And it's time that we identify those toxic thoughts. For this reason, amongst many, the root of most sin we commit outwardly is the false beliefs that we embrace inwardly. Man, that was worth just coming for for just that. I'm telling you, you could just go home and say amen for that. I mean, that's a powerful thought. Are you ready? The root of most sins we commit outwardly is the false beliefs we embrace inwardly. I thought I had it on the screen. Let me give it to you one more time. The root of most sins we commit outwardly is the false beliefs we embrace inwardly inwardly. And who have we got to blame for that? Only ourselves. To live the life God intended you for, to live. And think about that statement, to live the life God intended you to live. What did it cost him? He died in order for you to be able to live that life. It cost him everything. I thought about that today. I thought, man, God's got a lot invested in me. I said, God's got a lot invested in you. He didn't just throw a couple of bucks down. He laid down his whole life for you. So the life that God intends you to live is a life of purity. God wants you to have a clean heart. So what have we got to do? We've got to identify and reject the toxic thoughts 
that keep us from God's best. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, For as a person thinks in his heart, so he is. As a person thinks, where? In the core of his being, in his heart. When you think those thoughts, you become your thoughts. And we can say, oh no, that's not good. I'm telling you right now, I'm glad of a verse like that because I want to say today, that's good. I say, I want to say that's good. Because it means also, if I think good thoughts and godly thoughts, if I'm basing my life on His truthful thoughts, guess what? It makes me more Christ-like. Why do we read scriptures like that and automatically just refer to the negative? As I think in my heart, so I'm going to be, I'm just going to be miserable and depressed. Come on, that's a good thing. Because I can think good thoughts. And I can be what God wants me to be. It's not a stumbling block. God wants it to be a stepping stone. Come on, it doesn't have to be all bad. We've just got to move it from the wrong side. Have you ever done math? What happens if you take a negative to the other side of the equation? It becomes a positive. Wow, so I can take my negative thoughts and take them to the other side. And guess what they can become? They can become positive and life-changing. But my positive thoughts can also go the other way. And I've got to be very careful with that. And you can see why Joyce Myers calls it the battlefield. It's a battle. It's a struggle. There's a war that's going on. And most of our battles are won or lost between our ears, in our mind. Proverbs 4.23 says, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Look what it says from the contemporary English version. It says these words, carefully guard your thoughts because they are the source of true life. So let's identify some thoughts today. Can we go on a journey and look at four different types of thoughts that nearly every one of us probably battle with? Number one, negative thoughts. Some of you are like, man, Like Eeyore. Does anyone know anyone like Eeyore? Anyone ever seen Eeyore? No, everybody hates me. No one likes me. So many people have such negative thoughts. Look at this scripture. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 says this. For the weapons of our warfare. Remember the war that's raging against us? There's a war against us. So the Bible now is telling us, here's our weapons that we can use to war against that attack. And what do they say? The weapons that we use, they're not carnal. In other words, they're not fleshly. They're not guns and swords and spears. They're not things of the flesh. But the weapons that God gives us to use are mighty weapons. For what purpose? To pull down strongholds. I wish someone would help me in the house tonight. Come on, to pull down strongholds. You and I cannot fight with the weapons of this world, but we need the divine power to demolish those strongholds. Some of those strongholds are our negative thoughts. They can become such a stronghold of the enemy in our life that even when people try to speak to us, we can't hear what they're saying because we're so caught up in the prison of the stronghold of our own negative thinking. And for some of you, I know pictures help. So here's what the Greek word for strongholds is. Are you ready? 
It means this, a castle or, that's the noun of it, it means a castle and the verb means to fortify. So picture that. It's a stronghold. It's a castle. Can you picture a big castle on top of a hill with, presented there? And it's hard to defeat, it's fortified, it's standing up. That's what the negative thoughts want to look or look like in every one of our minds. And they say a literal translation of those strongholds could be this, a prisoner locked by deception. And as children of God, we have more powerful weapons than the weapons of this world. We have more powerful weapons than knives, guns, rockets, bombs, grenades, whatever you want to say, because here's some of your weapons. Are you ready? You've got faith. Faith is absolutely impossible to, 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 exp- to really explain. Faith is so massive. It's so great. It's invincible. It's awesome. It's not just our relationship with God. It's so much more than that. What about this one? Prayer. My God, things happen when I begin to pray. What a weapon. Because I can pray here and something can happen 3,000 miles away right now. What about this one? God's Word. Come on, at the name of Jesus, every knee has to bow. Speak the word, speak the truth. What a weapon that we have in every one of our lives. And I want to share this statement with you tonight. Are you ready? Look at this. We hold the key in our minds, but lose sight of it in the drunk jaw drawer of our negative thoughts. We've got the key. We've got the breakthrough. We've got the answer. But you know what we do? We lose sight of it. Anyone got a junk drawer in your house? We've got two in our house. Is that cool? Does that make us special? We've got two junk drawers. Ah, see that. Okay? But you're trying to find something. You can't find nothing. That's why it's the junk drawer, because you have to junk it all up every time and rip everything apart to try and find it. And that's the problem. Our negative thoughts are like the junk drawer and we've got the answer and it's right there. You're sitting here right now saying, what's the answer? You've got the answer. It's Jesus. Jesus is the answer for everything that you need. But so often it gets so lost and buried and entangled in everything else. 2 Corinthians 10, 5, reading on the NIV version says, we demolish the arguments of every what? pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. In other words, we take it to the cross. What was the obedience of Christ? Not my will, but God, yours be done. As he surrendered his will, went to the cross and cried out, it is finished. That's the obedience of Christ. It shows the freedom that we have in Christ. So what do we do? We tear down the thoughts. We tear down the arguments. Everything that comes against God's knowledge. What does that mean? What God knows about you. Can we say it that way? God knows about you. God knows that you're great. God knows that you're awesome. God knows that you were paid with a price. God knows that you're the head and not the tail. God knows that you're above and not beneath. God knows that you're the lender and you're not the borrower. But yet we don't see that. We don't feel that. We don't think that. Oh, he's preaching about someone else. It's not me. The Bible says, who takes captivity? You've got to take captivity. You've got to control. 
those thoughts and bring them to Christ. Come on, I said, we've got to bring them to Christ. Let me say it this way. Are you ready? Any thought that's not from God should be demolished, destroyed, and annihilated. Here's another one. Are you ready? Number two, fearful thoughts. Oh, no, they're five minutes late. They've probably had a car accident. They're laying on the side of the road. Oh, no. Come on, fearful thoughts. Isn't that the default where we go to so many times, to the negative, to the fearful, allowing those things to bind us? 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a, come on, sound mind, controlled thinking. God's not given me fear. Fear is not something that God has given to us. It's not something. Do you know that you were never born with fear? You weren't born with fear. Fear is something that we have taken a hold of ourselves. We were born fearless, but we have become fearful because that's what the enemy wants. Think about fearful means full of fear. We have become full of fear. Come on, we quote that scripture, don't we? A lot of us know that scripture, but yet we still possess fearful thinking. Be honest. We're all there. So what's happening to the economy? What's going to happen? Is Russia involved in all of this? I mean, isn't that all you hear on the news now? It's Russia's fault. Everything's Russia's fault. What's going on? Come on now. What if I lose my job? What if I don't get married? And if I did get married, how could I trust anyone anyway? Because I'm fearful, fearful, fear-filled thinking. Here's another one. Are you ready? Discontented thoughts. Well, why do they have more than me? Why do they deserve more than me? Hmm. Can I remind you of something today? I'm going to say it this way. Every one of us in this room tonight are more blessed than most in the world. Every one of us are so blessed. I said this the other day. If you've got money in your pocket or you've got the means right now to pull out a credit card and swipe it and have money, if you've got some, I think you're in about, they say, the top 15% of the world right now. And we think, oh, man, look at me. I have nothing. I have, man, we are so blessed. We are so blessed. But what does the enemy want us to do? Be discontented. Come on. Our thoughts can be like this many times. You know, we can be so caught up about our body, discontented. If only I had a different appearance and if only I looked and if only I could be like them. And, and come on, there's so many other discontentments. It can be, man, if I had more money, if, if, if I had children, if I had no children, I, you know, if I had a job, if I had a better job, if I had a car, a better car, I need a house. Just so discontented. You know, one of the joys of the enemy, one of the joys that Satan has is to bring us to a place of discontented thinking, always wanting more. We're failing to be thankful for what we already have. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In everything, the Bible says, give thanks. Second Corinthians, Second Thessalonians 5, I think, 14 or 17, somewhere in there. It says, in everything, give thanks, because this is the will of God. You don't want to know what God's will for your life is? Be thankful for everything. Thank you, Jesus, that my car broke down on the way to work. At least I had a car that got me halfway to work. Amen. Thank you, God, I've got a job. May not be the best job, but thank you, God, I have a job. God, thank you that I've got this and I've got that. Thank you, God, I've got shoes. They may have some holes in the soles, but you know what? Thank God I've still got shoes and clothes on my body. I'm covered. What about this one, number four, critical thinking? Critical, who do they think they are? Come on, we can become consumed with criticizing anyone that crosses our path, finding fault in people, finding fault in buildings, finding fault with companies, finding fault with our church. Oh man, if only pastor would preach on this, if only they would sing louder, if only they wouldn't sing quite so loud. Come on, we could be critical about today's menu. Never thanking God, at least we've got something to eat. And I'm not talking about the food tonight. That was awesome. If you weren't here early for that, then you need to be here early. That was incredible. But grumbling and complaining. Oh, why didn't they have this? Critical thoughts. I think every one of us just need to pause. Just pause. The thought of pause means just to stop, ponder, reflect, consider, look, take in where you're at right now. Think about your thoughts. Be totally honest. Do you battle with negative thoughts about yourself, other people, or life in general? Are your thoughts consumed with fear? Worrisome thoughts. You're putting your faith in bad things happening rather than the good. Do you find yourself discontented, always wishing life were different or better? Are you occasionally or often critical? Finding something wrong with a lot of people, places, or things. If you can say yes to one of those things, then you're allowing toxic thoughts to control and pollute your life. And here's what we're going to do tonight. You ready for the next few minutes? We're going to show you how you can fight and win. Come on, we're going to show you how you can be victorious. Because we we don't want a stumbling block. We want stepping stones. Because as I think in my heart, so I'm going to become. So I'm going to change my thoughts to become what Christ knows I really am. So let me show you how tonight. Is that cool? Philippians 4 verse 7. And it says, And the peace of God, which goes beyond your understanding. I don't figure it out. I don't understand it. That's great. That's God's peace. God's peace goes beyond. I don't know how, but God gives it to me. That's beyond my understanding. It will guard my heart and my what? Mind. God wants to guard with his peace my heart and my mind through Christ Jesus. Come on, as you meditate on God, he's going to protect your mind. That's what we just read there, that we allow him to be the peace, the guard 
the sentry at our hearts, like the soldier is the thought that he's standing guard. Nothing's going to cross and nothing's going to pass. That's what his peace wants to do, to guard my heart and my mind. So as I allow God, he controls and gives the peace that I need in my heart and in my mind. And then Paul goes on to explain what our responsibility then is. Because he says, finally, brethren, listen to this. It's fallen on you. Whatsoever things are what? True, noble, just, pure, lovely, of a good report. If there is any virtue, anything worthy of praise, what does he tell us to do? That's what you need to think on. That's where you need your thoughts to land. Meditate and think on those things. Is it pure? It's either yes or no. Is it praiseworthy? Is either yes or is it a good report? Is either yes or no? Well, kind of. It's either yes or no. Whatsoever things, that's where my thoughts need to be. Think what can happen when we stop meditating, or put it this way, feeding on poison, and start to feast or meditate on the truth. I'm telling you right now, you may not see overnight change. It may not, bam, just everything will change automatically. But I'm telling you right now, you keep thinking those right thoughts. You keep directing your life in the right way and you're going to end up at the right destination. Because every day you're going to be a step closer to what God wants you to be. We're all a work in progress. But when we're allowing our stinking thinking to control, we're not getting anywhere into where we need to be. And remember this. Are you ready? Look at this. You can take notes and it's going to be up for a while. Our thoughts are ours. So we need to make the better choice. Well, he made me do. No, you thought that. You chose to think that. Well, that thought came and we're going to see that in a minute. Thoughts may come, but you can choose whether they stay or not. So our thoughts, they're ours. So we need to make a better choice with them. And I want to give you quickly three ways that you can make a better choice with your thoughts. Number one, you've got to discern the lie. You've got to expose it for what it is. You've got to see it for what it is. Slow down and ask yourself, is that the truth? And take it one step further. Is that something I can find in God's word? Is that what God thinks of me? Is that what God says? Is that in God's word? If it's not in God's word, it's not God's word. (laughs) Come on, I said it's not God's word. You don't have to make it up. It's either in there or it's not. So if it's not in there, it's not from God. It's from the enemy. It's from the devil, the one who's waging war against your soul to eternally destroy your life. Ever played that truth and lie game? Remember that truth or dare, truth or dare. But what we're going to do is we're going to call it the truth or lie game. Because is it a truth if it's a lie? If it's a lie, you know what we do? Throw it out. Ask yourself, is that true? Bam. Come on, I've, I've done this with my kids. Kids have come home from school. All the other kids in my class are laughing at me. They're calling me an idiot. They're calling me ugly. Is that true? Well, Dad, is it true? No. 
Well then, hey, disregard it. Now, I know those words hurt. Don't get me wrong. And we're going to be talking about words on Sunday. You need to be here. We're coming after everyone, not just the fathers on Sunday. We are coming after everyone on Sunday. But is it the truth? No, it's not the truth. So what do I do? The thought is mine. So I can choose which thought I become. But you know what you've got to watch? If you don't throw it out, if you hold on to it, what I've realized is this, you're always going to find what you're looking for. Let me give you an example of that. Anyone know about a vulture? And anyone know about a hummingbird? Let's look at the difference between a vulture and a hummingbird. Because what does a vulture find? Something that's dead, roadkill, something nasty. And it feasts around it. And one thing I've realized when I think about this, while it's feasting on that most of the time, it's feasting, risking its own life. So it's not just enjoying a meal. It could be someone else's meal because there's a problem. But what does a hummingbird find? Sweet nectar. A vulture and a hummingbird every day will find what they're looking for. So if you're looking for it, you're going to find it. If you're looking for fresh meat, if you're looking for roadkill, if you're looking for negative things in people, you're going to find them. But if you're looking for that which is sweet, I told this story to my lead team a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about your words and stuff. And there was an old proverb, a story of two brothers. They left their hometown and they went to a new town. And the first brother arrived and as he came to a new town, there was an old man sitting outside and he said to the old man, hey, so tell me, what's the people like in in this new city? And the man said, well, son, what's the people like where you came from? And the young man says, they're nasty, they're angry, they're greedy, they're miserable, they're sad. And the man kind of smiled and nodded his head and he said, it's the same type of people in here. So then the second son shows up and he says to the same wise man, so, sir, what kind of people is in this new city? And the man said, well, what? people were where you came from. He said, well, they were kind. They were loving. They were compassionate. They were giving, caring. And the old man said, hmm, you're going to find those people too here in this city. You see, there's two types of people wherever you go, but you're going to find the type of person that you are. You're going to find the type of thoughts that you're thinking. You're going to focus in on those We can look at it as lemons or we can make it into lemonade. Come on, it's not stumbling blocks. It's stepping stones. So what? We've got to discern the lie. The second thing is this. You've got to decide the destination of your mind. Where's my mind going to go? Where are my thoughts going to go? You've got to grab sometimes those runaway thoughts and bring them back and say, hold on a second. That's not the destination of where my mind, that's not where my life needs to be. Remember the scripture again from 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5? The last part says this, we've got to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You know what that means? Here's what that means. I can't always control every thought that comes in. 
Now, I will say this. I think sometimes we're responsible to give access to the wrong things in our lives. And we can turn around and say, I don't know where that came from. I know where it came from because your social media shows us where it came from. Come on, the movies you're watching, the things that you're engaging in your life, you are entertaining and welcoming in those thoughts into your mind. But sometimes they'll hit us and we can't expect it. But here's what we said. It says, maybe you can't control what comes in, but you sure can control what you do with it. You can bring it under captivity. In other words, get rid of it. And you are victorious over it. And you can discard it and you can throw it out. You've got to decide the destination of your mind. Look what Jeremiah says. This is a powerful scripture. Jeremiah, a prophet in the Old Testament, he says this, Jeremiah 12, verse 3, he says, But you, O Lord, you know me. You have seen me and you have tested my heart towards you. God, you know me. Every secret thought, everything of my life, you know me. But look what he goes on to say. He says, pull them out like sheep for the slaughter and prepare them for the day of slaughter. In other words, what he's saying is this. God, if there's any wrong thoughts inside of me, God, pull those things out and butcher them. Pull them out and kill and destroy them because, God, I don't want them in my life. That needs to be the cry of every one of us. God, help me to remove those wrong things. Because anything that's occupied with the wrong is taking the space of occupying the right. Let me say that one more time because I don't think you heard me. If something wrong is living inside, it means it's taking a space that God wants to occupy in your life. God, test my thoughts. God, identify my thoughts and help me. And the last thing, are you ready? You've got to think God thought. Notice I didn't say good thoughts. Good thoughts are important. But you've got to think God thoughts. In other words, you've got to align your thoughts with God's word. Some of you may say, oh, this is just psychobabble stuff tonight. No, it's not. Because listen to me. Are you ready? I'm not saying you shape your life with good thoughts. Come on, I'm not saying just positive thinking. Just think the best and everything. That's not what we're saying. We're not saying you shape your life with good thoughts. But what we are saying tonight is this. You shape your life with God thoughts. Big difference. Big difference. Because it's not anything that I can do. It's what he's already done. And I've just got to line up my life to that. I've got to let that peace guard my heart and my mind. I've got to let that God be in control of my life. You've got to know his promises for your future. I said this earlier, but you, know, you, you don't no longer need to be a victim to your thoughts, but you need to be a victor through Christ Jesus. So back to the start. Are you ready? Romans 12 verse 2. Mark, you can come. Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and perfect will. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word in the Greek means to restore to renovate, to make better than new. God wants to renew your mind. 
He wants to restore your thinking. He wants to renovate like an old house. HGTV. Flip this house or whatever it is. All those shows. God wants to renovate to make your life better than you. We're talking today. We're talking on Sunday, this month, about detoxing our lives. How can we live clean in a dirty world? Tonight we've told you that one of the things that we need to do is we've got to remove the poison from within our mind. We've got to renew our minds so we can watch our faith grow in ways that will astound us. It's a battlefield but it's one that we can take victory over by discerning. Is it right? Is it truth? Is it God? Is it not? If it's not discard, if it is, hold on. Then what? I decide the direction. That's where I want my thoughts to take me. So guess what? I'm going to think the thoughts that's going to take me there. And then what do I do? Come on, I think those God things. I look to God. What does God say about me? What does God think about me? Many times I have to be reminded of that because I see myself and my failures and my mistakes. But I've got to ask myself many times, what does God see and what does God think? Would you bow your heads all over this place? just want to pray for you tonight. Precious Jesus. Precious Jesus. Can we just stand tonight? That's like making a response to the word. Can we just do that tonight and just keep our heads bowed? How many had something tonight that was said that challenged you? Some shape or form challenged you. How many are ready to make that stumbling block into a stepping stone? Come on. Ready to, it's, the same, it's the same thing, but what I choose to do with it. It's the same mind, but what I choose to do with it. Is it positive or negative? What side of the equation am I going to take it to? Come on, catch yourself. Come on, I don't need to think like that. I need to stop. I need to see myself. And people have taken this to the extreme. Don't get me wrong. We're, we're not thinking that, uh, you know, I believe I can fly. You know, we're not talking about crazy stuff like that. You can fly, buy a ticket and get in on an airplane. And you can fly wherever you want to go. But you can't fly on yourself. Well, if I just think it, I can do it. I can do all things through Christ. God will allow you to do and give you the grace and strength that you need to do the things that he's called you to do. And one thing that he's called you to do is to have control over your thinking, your mind, and bring those thoughts into captivity. Come on, let's just put our hands on our heads right now. In the name of Jesus right now, we pray, God, that you would help us. Every one of us. God, the thoughts are real. The struggle is real. The battle is real. But God, we thank you that you are greater. That, God, you are stronger, that you are mightier, that there is none like you. And, God, I thank you tonight that your word declares that I can bring my thoughts into captivity. And how do I do that? Because of the cross, because of you, God, making it possible for me. And right now, God, I choose to see myself different. I choose to speak of myself. I choose to think different. God, I'm leaving here a different person. And God, I pray that you would challenge us. You would convict us, that you would show us, God, as we pause and ponder and look at our thoughts, that we would be challenged, God, to make sure that we're tuned into the right channel. 
And God, our thoughts are taking us in the right direction. Help us, challenge us, change us, God, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Just keep your head bowed. I want to pray one more prayer tonight. And that is this, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. As a man's heart is, so he is. A heart is either saved or a heart is lost. The Bible speaks of the heart being hard or pliable and soft. And what hardens the heart is sin and separation from God. Tonight, the Bible says, as you think in your heart, so you are. Come on, you can give your life to Christ tonight so you can be a Christian, a Christian, a follower of Christ. Is there anyone tonight that we could pray for you, that you would say, Pastor, pray for me. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to make it right with God. Is there anyone that would lift up their hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. Would you pray for me? Would you pray for me? Anyone? Anyone? Precious Jesus, precious Jesus. Thank you. A couple of hands up. Would you just pray this prayer with us? Come on, pray this prayer tonight. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you tonight for changing my life, for saving my life. And God, I give you all the glory and I give you all the praise. I love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless. Master.